The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It is seven minutes after eight and time now for the forum. And this morning we are looking at plastic packaging. Uh, We uh, got an expert uh, to come through and explain to us uh, the labeling on plastic containers because there's a lot of talk about the toxicity of plastic packaging and the impact that it has on our health as a result of uh, uh, some people saying it leaching into the food or the water or whatever it is. Uh, that uh, the container is holding. So we're going to talk about the numbers, what they exactly mean, and also um, what that means for us in terms of our health. What is myth and what is truth in this regard? And of course, if you have any questions, 0891-104-208. You can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. Please use the hashtag AM Live and you can send us an SMS to the number 34701 at a cost of one rand. And our guest this morning is Doe Stain, Director of Sustainability at uh, Plastics SA. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Doe. Well, good morning, Fakina. Looking forward to talk to you. Now, this is a fascinating discussion because I think most of us, um, you know, would use some sort of plastic container um, repeatedly if it is something that we think is uh, either aesthetically pleasing or uh, something that uh, we find to be useful in some other way to reuse again. It's all over these plastic containers, uh, whether it be bottles, whether it be um, other containers like cling wrap or anything else that we use to store our food. But there's also a lot of scaremongering at the moment about the toxicity container in some of these containers. So that's what we're talking about this morning. Okay. So when we look, I took a look yesterday. I took a Coke <clears throat> bottle, um, the uh, plastic bottle, and there was a number two on that. And then I looked at another bottle, a water bottle, that had the number three in it. And um, so you find that there are different numbers and there are different letters on these containers, but one doesn't necessarily know what they mean. So from your perspective, as someone who deals with this on a daily basis, though, let's just first talk about the labeling um, of uh, these uh, uh, packages and the identification codes that we see on them. Uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the use, reuse, and the recycling of plastics, and especially in the packaging industry, and I think education awareness is quite crucial, and also the design for recycling of our materials. Um, you mentioned that the Coke bottle had a number two, which is incorrect. It should be a number one, because all your soft drink bottles, carbonated soft drink bottles, are what we call PET, or polyethylene terephthalate. It's got all these very complicated names, but we just call it PET, or PET, and that should be a number one. And the same with your water bottles. You mentioned the number three, which is PVC, mm. polyvinyl chloride, which is not correct. A water bottle is also number one. Okay. So well, at that point, that already worries me. Because what does that mean? Okay. Uh, many years ago, you remember when you look at a product, it could be a, a, a plastic bag with a number on it. It could be a milk bottle. It could be a soft drink bottle. Mm-hmm. The numbers in the triangle that you see, can be confusing for the consumer because it looks like a recycling triangle. Yes. Okay, that is incorrect. That is what we call a resin or a polymer, or a fancy word for plastics, is polymer. Indicates what type of resin or raw material is used for the production of that product. Like, for instance, you get in packaging from one to seven. Number one, which is your soft drink bottles, uh, which is then called PET, or polyethylene triphthalate, Number, the triangle number two, or the number num, in the triangle number two, is high-density polyethylene. For instance, number three is polyvinyl chloride, or PVC. Number four is low-density polyethylene. The number five is polypropylene, like your bottle tops and your car bumper, etc. It's, it's made from that material. Uh, your margarine tops, for instance, is number five. Uh, number six is polystyrene, with the abbreviation PS. And number seven is usually our, our multi-layers, uh, materials or combination of different materials, and then we usually use an acronym at the bottom to indicate what two different types of plastics or three is used in that product. So people must not get confused that it's a recycling sign, but it, it helps the recycling process because the collectors out there um, 
Look at the numbers when they sort the material. Plastic for recycling to give it value must be sorted in packaging in those seven different numbers. So the PTs will stick together, the number twos will stick together, uh, etc. So it's not a recycling sign, it's a resin identification. Mm. So that tells you the composition of uh, the particular uh, plastic uh, container that you are using. Exactly. You see... What worries me, as I said earlier, is that you are telling me now that the Coke bottle should be a number one. Well, I'm quite, I'm quite surprised that you, that you have a number two on the Coke bottle. Maybe what you should do is send me that sample because I would like them to investigate it because that is not correct. And I, I cannot think in my mind that Coca-Cola or the beverage industry will make that mistake. Um, mm. I, I think it's... Because we, <laughs> like we sat down as a team, and, and, and firstly, we found it very difficult to, number one, just find a number on the various products that we looked at. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't easily accessible. It wasn't like uh, in your face with uh, the recycle uh, triangle. You would see the recycle triangle, but there's no number in it. So yeah. it's just recycle. But then, oh, I think this might be it, because that number was in the lid. It wasn't on the bottle per se. It was in the lid. Okay, but you must remember the bottle itself is PET. The lid could be polypropylene or LD. So it's two different materials. That's what I'm thinking now. Yes, That's probably what that it is. is. Now, that is why we mark the materials. Um, you can remember years ago, the soft drink bottles had the little black bottom that one can take off if you want to take it off. And then it's got a, the clear uh, body itself. And then it, it's had a, a top which is made from a different material. It's got a seal inside, made from PVC. It's got a, um, a label around it, also made from a different materials. So what we encourage under the packaging industry or packaging SA and the total packaging industry is the labeling of products and also recyclingability of the products to make it easier to be recycled. And all plastics are being recycled in this country. Um, we've got 240 recycling companies under the banner of the industry, uh, buying all those materials um, in a sorted format, uh, graining it, washing it, pelletizing it, back into raw material, making new products. And each of those plastics, number one to number seven, are being recycled into new products. So it's quite a big industry employing about over 6,000 people in the industry, over 40,000 people out there collecting waste. What is confusing for the, for the consumer, I think, is what to do with the product. Is it recyclable exactly. or not? And that is why we're encouraging our brand owners, our retailers, the industry itself, to, to put the polymer codes on, put labels on to make it easy for the consumer that, who wants to recycle. If you're unsure, put it in the recycling bin because most materials do go to a sorting facility where people are trained how to sort properly. We don't expect... Um, you at the home to to sort the different plastics into different bins. That's you're gonna have a need a big kitchen. So what we promote as industries is separation at source. That means if a product is recyclable, like your PET, like your HDs, etc., put them in a recycling bin. It will if it gets picked up by by a waste company or a recycling company, they do have the know-how, the expertise, how to sort the plastics or different materials in its right format, in, its, in the right stream. Um, Do we, I think as consumers, uh, we are also concerned about the toxicity of these particular uh, plastic products. Because yeah. if you look at uh, the number one, as you say, the, the, the <coughs> Coke bottle, if it's a number one, if it's a PET, and uh, that stands for single-use bottles. Well, it's made as a single-use bottle, correct. But you know what's where's the big problem really come with, with people? Um, if I take my PT bottle and I, I bought it as a water bottle, if I don't wash it properly, of course bacteria will be formed. So it's like anything like your, your dishwashing at home. If you, can, you can reuse that bottle 500 times, but also don't use it 500 times without washing it. It's really about keeping it healthy, the same as you wash your cup in your bowl. You have to, don't fill this bottle every day without washing it. It's really about the health issue. It's not the PT. It's not the product. PT can be can be freezed. It can be reused. It's just the way you manage it.
But, 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 but what about the further explanation on this that says that these bottles can possibly release heavy metals and chemicals that could affect hormonal balance? Well, the fact is, if you take PT's example, it does not contain dioxins, it does not contain BPA or bisphenol PA, it does not contain endocrine disruptors. The problem with is if a, if a product says, do not freeze or do not heat up, then don't do it. It, it is made for a specific purpose, and use it in that way. Um, somebody asked a question about, um, about Tupperware, for instance, which is a brand. Um, a lot of our companies do use a lot of symbols and try to make it easy for the consumer to understand it by putting up triangles to show it can be recycled, uh, putting a little hand that says it's suitable for oven use, um, put on a, a label that says it's microwave use. If it does say that, yes, then it's fine. But if you take any product and you put it into, into hot water or put it into an oven where it's not intended to go to, then, of course, you're changing the, the chemical composite of that material. Um, but, but, but if it says that this bottle is for single use, it's a single-use bottle, then surely that means that there are some risks associated with using it more than once. Well, the fact is we don't know what people's going to do with it. Uh, you can take a product and put other chemicals in it. That could leach into the plastic. It's not the plastic leaching into the other chemicals. But if you take certain chemicals that are quite a strong chemical and you put it into a plastic container, it's, of course it's going to have the effect on it, especially if you put it in, in, in an African sun. So if it says single use, then that's what you should do, is then if you buy that bottle and you want, want to use it again, Look at the label. If it says, do not microwave, do not heat up, then don't do it. It's, um, if it's single use, then use it once. Then use it once. Or it's, but the fact is, a PT bottle, for instance, can be used many, many times. And, and I've been using it for years. And But doesn't um, that then go against the very um, uh, regulation, the codes that you put up, that you are adhering to, you're going against okay, that? Okay, but no, no, I don't, I don't agree with you. If it says single use, and we're telling you to use it as a single use, then, of course, then to use it as a single use. If you do use it three, four, five times to carry your water, then also the fact is if, if, you, if you wash it properly, there will be not any chemicals leach it, uh, but it is intended as a fast-moving consumer good product for a soft drink. Then use it for that purpose. The next step is, is then to put it in the recycling bin because it will have the recycling code on it that says, please recycle. Put it in the right recycling bin if you have that facility and let it go for recycling. If you want to buy something that you want to use 500 times, then go and buy the product that, that one can use 500 times. Mm. But, but the PT bottle can be used over and over again. But that's not why, what it is made for. It's not produced as a container to last you 500 years. Um, but it will. It's, there, is no, there is no leacher. There's no movement of chemicals out of that product except... If you heat it up, put it in the African sun for five days, use a bottle 200 times and not washing it, of course it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you. But it's not the PET, it's not the plastic. It's the bacteria that is formed because of, of the water that's been standing in the sun. Okay, I just want to run through the other six as well before I go to calls because we're already starting to receive some. Yeah. So uh, that would be a number one uh, that we were talking about. When you see the number one on the bottle, um, yeah. that would be like the Coke bottle uh, PET. And as we said, uh, you've and given your bottles. explanation and water bottles. Uh, it, 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 these are generally single-use bottles uh, with the number one. Number two, if it has a number two on it, what does that mean? Okay, number two are... Products, for example, your your milk bottles, um, your vest type carry bags, pick and pay, shop rides, spa, whatever. Uh, you'll see a number two on those plastic bags. Things like uh, containers, bottle shampoo containers, detergent bottles, buckets, agricultural pipe crates, uh, freezer bags, ice cream containers, uh, juice bottles. Um, those, those are what we call high density polyethylene. And uh, these I see uh, re- release practically no chemicals and experts recommend choosing these bottles when buying bottled water because they say that this is probably a, a, the healthiest water that you can find on the market in a bottle number two. Do you agree? No, uh, you can. 
you can use a bottle number one the same way as you use a bottle number two. There's no difference. If it's, it's, if it's, if it's, it's, really about, it's really about washing the bottle properly and, and use it in the way that it's intended for. It's, it's really about educating people not to abuse or reuse a bottle in the, in the wrong way. It's, if it says microwavable, yes, it is microwavable. If it says on the, on the container, do not heat up, do not microwave, then don't do it. So, so, so are you saying then that what we are reading as per the guidelines on these numbers are misleading? I think it's really about for us as industry to do more education of, with our retailers, brand owners on the labeling, to, to assist the consumer to show through label system, uh, do not heat, do not microwave, do not reuse, uh, please recycle. These are all labels. And I sometimes wonder if people really read the labels. No, um, fair enough. But given the system, uh, I mean, is this a universal numbering system? Does it mean the same thing anywhere in the world? Yes. This, so, is, this is done years ago through SPI, Society for Plastics Industries, uh, as, a, as a resin coat, and also to assist people that are collecting plastic for recycling to ensure that you put the number ones together and number twos together because there are so many products on the market made from plastics and it can be very con- uh, confusing. So it's very important to, to put those numbers on from the plastic industry and then also to the brand owners to help with the education process. Um, we will not put a product on the market that will be unhealthy for you. Um, uh, Fair World enough, Health, but, but, but there are some... We'll, we'll close those down. But there are some risks, and, and as such, as a consumer, if I go to this list and, and, and I see numbers 1 to 7 and this is what it means, surely that is what I would follow as a consumer. Okay, but when you look at a product and you see 1 to 7, what do you, what do you understand? What do you see? When I go there, now that I know, because this is all about education, and mm-hmm. now if I know, if this index says to me that number 1 is single use, I will use it only once and discard it. If it says to me that number 2 is a plastic that practically releases no chemicals, then I'm more inclined to, um, you know, go for a product that's packaged in um, some container label too. Well, I'll give you the assurance. From plastics 1 to 7, there's no health risk if you use it properly. If you take a PET bottle and use it two, three, four times and washing it after you've used it, it will be safe. There's no leachate. But my recommendation is if, a, if it says please recycle, then please recycle. If it says only use once, if it really says on the bottle, please only use once, do not use it twice, it's a health risk, then that's what the label will say. Um, but, but how compliant are we with that in South Africa? Because it's, different, it's difficult to even find that number on the packaging because seemingly it's not something that's prioritized. Well, it's something that we encourage our industry to do and and our brand owners and retailers, etc., to encourage people to understand those labels. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a worldwide code used, and uh, we do encourage our industry to make use of those numbers um, and, to, and to put labels on the products if it's, it's got a specific specification like a health risk or a use once or a please recycle. So, so, so let me just run through the others because I want to get to the callers uh, and um, you can, uh, you know, hold your comment uh, when I come back to you. You can uh, give me your views on these. But I'm reading from that system that you've just confirmed is universal and this is what they say. Yeah. So if it's a number three, PVC or 3V, it releases two toxic chemicals that affect the hormones in your body. PVC is a soft, flexible plastic that is used to make uh, clear plastic food wrapping cooking oil bottles, teething rings, children and pets, toys, uh, blister packaging for myriad of consumer products, and it is commonly used as the sheathing material for computer cables and uh, to make plastic pipes and parts for uh, plumbing. Then number four, 
LDPE. This plastic cannot be used in the production of uh, bot- uh, cannot be used in the production of bottles, but plastic bags, even though um, it does not release any chemicals into the water. LDPE is often found in shrink wrap, dry clean garment bags, squeezable bottles, and the types of bag used uh, to package bread. That's yeah. number four. Number five, a PP, another white colored or semi-transparent plastic used as packaging for syrups and yogurt cups. Um, and uh, number six, I just want to run through very quickly, PS. Uh, uh, number six is PS, and this releases some uh, carcinogenic substances and is commonly used in the production of coffee cups and fast food casings. Uh, polystyrene is an inexpensive, lightweight and easy formed plastic with a wide variety of uses, as I think most of us have um, encountered, and uh, that would go under a number six. And I'm looking for number uh, seven here. Okay, my number seven has uh, just run away from me. I'll tell you what, I'll find number seven. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to open the lines. We're going to take some calls on this. We're talking about plastic packaging and what those numbers mean. We all, um, uh, uh, you know, know that little uh, triangle that means recycle. And in some instances, there's a number in that uh, triangle and that number actually is a guide it means something with regard to the properties of that packaging so that's what we're talking about this morning doing some <coughs> education for all of us and uh, we're speaking to uh, Doe here with us this morning Doe Stain uh, to try and help us navigate um, uh, some of the questions that we may have relating to the labeling and uh, the polymer identification 891 Greg is calling us from Cape Town. Good morning, Greg. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Um, I just want to say that I think the discussion should be widened a lot because as far as I can see, the problem with plastic is not really the chemical part. Um, well, if you burn PVC, then it does release dioxins, which are poisonous, but that's not the main problem. Uh, the main problem is a different one, and that is that there are many scientific studies that show that plastic uh, is chemically inert, but it does not decompose. In other words, plastic as such, the chemical molecule, is stable for a very long time, for hundreds of years. And that problem is that the plastic um, does not decompose like paper or or metal rust, etc. And the plastic then enters various streams. So, for example, if it goes into the sea, most of the plastic ends up in the ocean. That um, plastic then just starts breaking up mechanically, not chemically, mechanically. It becomes smaller and smaller pieces. The first thing is, of course, that the birds and the fish eat the stuff and die. But then the plastic becomes smaller and smaller and smaller until it's so small that it's sub-millimeter. And then it starts entering the plankton chain. So the plankton starts eating the stuff and it starts entering the food chain from the bottom. Another part of this is that all this floating plastic in the ocean starts congregating. So there are these giant circulations in the ocean, and in the middle where there's no circulation, all that plastic starts to uh, collect. For example, in the Pacific, there's a giant, giant island of plastic in the middle of the ocean, full of little particles. The, the, The size of that island is the size of Belgium. It's huge. And that is what we need to worry about, the long-term effects of plastic in terms of the food chain and mechanical. So I use cotton bags. I've used them for 20 years. They're still the same bags. I don't need plastic bags. Um, We should reuse polyethylene, and we should actually uh, make sure that the plastic industry starts to conform because, first of all, the tax on plastic should be increased tenfold at least. Uh, Secondly, we should require that um, manufacturers take back all the plastic. You can sort of bring the stuff back to them and they're supposed to deal with the problem. And the third one would be that the plastic, the new plastic should be designed which are biodegradable because that's the big problem. They're not degradable. Greg, thank you so much. And that, of course, is uh, another element of this particular discussion. We'll continue with this. The lines are open, 0891-104-208. And uh, we'll do this after the news headlines with Nomsa Mdluli. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.
And thank you so much for tuning in to the Forum at 8 this morning. We're talking about plastic packaging and uh, our awareness about what it is uh, that uh, these uh, packages contain in terms of the chemical makeup thereof. There are lots of stories uh, around at this time about the toxicity of some of these products. So we're taking a closer look, you know, uh, looking at uh, the labeling and the identification codes and what they mean. And I must say, uh, totally fascinated by uh, the comments coming through and people sending uh, the uh, pictures of the plastic containers that they are currently um, holding or using and the numbering thereon. But what is clear as well is that it's not always easy and sometimes it's confusing to understand what uh, the identification code is on these uh, plastic products. So if you have any questions, 0891-104-208, you can tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM, or you can send an SMS to the number 34701 at a cost of one rand. And uh, before the break, uh, the environmental impact of plastic uh, with our caller Greg there, and that is a very, very important discussion as well. And uh, Mags Naidu also sent a comment on that particular matter about France uh, becoming the first country to ban plastic plates and cutlery because of the environmental impact. So it's the environmental impact, it's the um, impact on our health, uh, and all of this, I think, will require great, great uh, education on our part so that we can make informed choices. So if you have any questions, the lines are open. Uh, Let's hear from John Weaver from the South African National Bottled Water Association. Uh, John, thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning, Dar. Um, yeah, Sakina, two, two things have come up, in particular uh, bottled water and uh, uh, PET, the, the number one inside the triangle. I just want to uh, bring some clarity there. Um, and it's, it's about this, the, story, the, the story of about the single use. Um, I'm not actually sure where that comes from. Uh, my guess, My guess is it's probably... Uh, the the uh, bottled water people wanting to make sure that, that it's only used uh, once and, and they, they're worried about people not adequately washing the bottle uh, after it's been used the first time. But what I want to do on that one is there's um, one of the ways in which in rural water supply you can ensure that the, that the people drinking contaminated water get to drink uh, 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 sterilized water is you and it, this comes from about 20 or 30 years ago um, you put the water in uh, clear glass bottles and you put it out in the sun now the UV is a very strong sterilizing agent and what you do is you leave it out for at least one day in the sun and then uh, e coli and and all the all the uh, pathogenic bugs are, are, are killed now about 15 or 20 years ago, when the story first came out about uh, plastic bottles being left in the sun and releasing toxic chemicals, there was a there was a mild or large panic in the in the rural water supply uh, fraternity, and some intensive studies were done. Uh, and, and, and I can't I, I can't I can't recall the the reference, but they were done by some Switzerland universities, and they then took uh, clear PET, in other words, bottled water bottles. And they put them in the sun and left them there for months to try and uh, to, to see what to- toxic chemicals were released. And, 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 and none were found. So what they've done is they found that, that uh, 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 the people in the rural communities can either use glass or PET bottles. And they will, they, if they put the bottles in the sun, then they end up with, with uh, uh, good quality drinking water. Uh, that's the one point I wanted to bring up. The other point I wanted to bring up is, is your previous uh, caller talking about uh, a degradable, having the plastics degrade. One of, PET is, 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 the most, is the most valuable plastic for, for recycling. And um, all of your, you know, the polar fleece uh, jerseys that everybody's wearing these days, those are all made from PET recycled PET. Most of your, your fiber pillows are made from recycled PET, and most of your carpets in the home. And it will be an absolute disaster if those things start degrading. I, I, I don't want my polar fleece, which I paid a thousand bucks for, to start uh, degrading on my shoulders. So a degradable PET is not a good idea. All right. Um, that's 
Thank you so much. Thanks for your comments there, John Weaver, South Africa National Bottled Water Association representative. Let's hear from Colin in Cape Town. Good morning, Colin. Uh, Good good morning, Jacqueline. Um, I would just like to ask one question. Um, These carrier bags, these shop rights and checkers and pick and pay, or even even, um, the ones that you get at at the the only shop or something like that, they give you a carrier bag. Do you buy items? Uh, for for arguments like you buy ten pies or something like that, the the shop gives you a carrier bag. Is it safe to take those ten pies and not up your carrier bag and put it in a deep freeze? I just want to know what type of uh, bags can one put in a deep freeze and what type of bags can't you? Thanks okay. very much. Thank you so much, uh, Colin in Cape Town. Um, uh, Lungile is in Freight. Good morning, Lungile. Good morning, Sakina. Uh, my question is simple. Uh, your guest actually alluded on the fact that, you know, um, uh, these plastics come with specifications. Now I have never seen any specs um, around, um, um, you know, um, coffee marks, especially for plastic. So my question is, is it safe then to use um, plastic co- coffee marks on hot coffee? Thank you. Thank you so much. Lungile. Uh, now. Good morning, Warren. Good morning, listeners. Uh, what I'd like to propose is the following. Uh, municipalities w- countrywide have to put in recycling plants. And the reason is that it will create jobs, but proper, properly structured recycling plants for paper, for plastics, etc. And if it's run properly, it will work. It will create jobs, not a lot of money, but it will, pre- and it will take the plastic out of the system, and it will force municipalities, force them to recycle plastic, uh, cans, etc. But it has to be legislated. They tried it here in Stutterheim, and it was a disaster, unfortunately. All right, we hear you. Thank you so much, Warren, in Stutterheim. KGM in Mangaung, good morning to you. Good morning, uh, Sakina. Good morning to your guest and, and listeners. Um, two, two quick things. One, the, the issue of regulation is, is big. Uh, if you were just to go to plastic shops, you have plastic shops these days where they're selling almost anything and everything plastic. And you look for the the specifications that you've been talking about, Sakina, you'll probably get them on 10% of the products that are there. But the shops are open to the public. The public that is not as informed or knowledgeable as the industry uh, role players. And we, we are using plastics the wrong way. So we, we need to get government... Uh, to start regulating and enforcing the, 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 the regulations on this. And the second part is, can, can your guest comment to um, tires? If you think about it, Sagina, how many vehicles are there on the road as we speak? And the the, the deviations of plastic in the form of tire, how, how the wear and tear of, of tires, how does that uh, influence or affect the, the the challenge that we're having, for instance, of water and things like that. How do we then uh, prevent that, according to them? Just hold on there, KGM. I just want to see if Doe understands your question. Doe, do you understand the question uh, uh, that KGM? The, on the tires? Yes. Well, there were quite a lot of questions and uh, a lot of answers that should be given. Yes, but do you but understand you, that one? Uh, if you talk about tires, um, according to the government, the Department of Environmental Affairs have called for industry waste management plans. And tires was the first one, uh, and there's an organization called Redisa, R-E-D-I-S-A, which people can Google and find out more. They are responsible for the collection, sorting, and the recycling of used tires. That's not what I was asking. I was not talking necessarily about the collection and recycling. That's a controlled measure. I'm talking about a wear and tear that happens as I drive a vehicle. Obviously, the tire wears and tear, and those small particles that you, you talked about in terms of the, the, the degradation of the tire, yeah. how do we collect it? I mean, that's something that we're not in, 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 in control of, but that can be uh, uh, swept away to the stormwater uh, drainage system, goes into the water st- systems uh, of, of the dams and the rivers to the water that we're supposed to use. I just want to know the risk when it comes to that. Are we controlling it properly? Well, that is a very good question. I have no idea, and I cannot answer that question. Um, you know, how many vehicles are on the roads, and how do one collect those little particles? Um, 
No, that's a tough one. I I do not have the answer for that one. Um, Let's answer some of the other questions then. Um, uh, I mean, KGM and uh, someone else was also looking at, uh, I think Warren also talking about um, the environmental impact, uh, but calling for a greater regulation and legislation in this regard uh, so that, you know, uh, this plastic uh, issue can be taken care of more uh, holistically, I suppose, because as KGM says, there are a lot of plastic products about, but there, there really does not seem to be great emphasis on the correct labeling and mm. visible labeling on these products so that the consumer is um, aware of exactly what the product is. Okay, let me start with regulation. I, I agree with you. We need to do more educating the consumer, creating awareness, and also especially on the health risk and the recyclability, etc., etc. But as you know, when it comes to certain regulations, there are bylaws that says people should not litter. And now that is also something that we believe that should be taken more seriously, is that why do we find plastics in the environment? Let me give you some examples. Uh, Greg talked about um, the oceans. Yes, we, we as industry have taken action uh, on a global level. Um, in 2011, we established the Global Plastic Alliance or Global Action Team. Where currently 69 plastic associations globally are looking at various ways from, from research to education to actions. What are we going to do as industry to, to, to take responsibility for these problems, like cleanup campaigns, like recycling? And the problem is, why do people litter? And is it because there is no proper waste management upstream? Also, studies have shown that most litter that you find in the ocean is land-based. And, and some of the work that we do as Plastic SA with all our partners in the packaging industry is how can we encourage recycling upstream? Because that will then prevent plastic ending up in the ocean. Mm, but I think we need to be clear that uh, two wrongs don't make a right, that there are other you know, factors that perhaps are not working as well as they should, that there are other pollutants out there. doesn't mean that uh, you, you know, we shouldn't uh, put an emphasis on plastic as well. Well, that is why we as Plastic SA have got a sustainability council where we've got companies like Petco, the PET recycling company, that have taken... More than 10 years ago, the responsibility of the collection, sorting, and the recycling through an extended producer, EPR, extended producer responsibility um, scenario. Currently, we recycle of PET bottles, over 5 million bottles every day. And where in 2004, it was about 16%. Currently, last year in 2015, it was 52%. And the aim is to recycle as much PET bottles and collect and sort them as possible. We've is also there? established Polico, the polyolefin recycling company, looking at plastics 2, 4, and 5. We've got the Policy and Packaging Council looking at plastics number 6, the Vinyl Association looking at plastics number 3. So I think the industry have taken a lot of initiatives in the last 10 years to find the best ways of sorting, collecting those materials from the consumer. The challenge is is working with municipalities, working with collectors, working with government to ensure that we provide proper waste management in this country and also the collection of different materials like plastics. And and, and that was Warren's point and also KGM's uh, yeah. to an extent. And I get that. You know, I, I get the environmental issue. I get that. And, and I'm sure many people will still weigh in on that. Um, but is there any regulation with regard to the numbering on the products by the industry. I mean, is it okay for the industry to just produce plastic without numbering it so the consumer don't, uh, doesn't know what they are actually uh, getting into? Here's an, uh, a tweet from LH. He says, um, I have a vinegar bottle with no label, no marking at all. Who regulates this? Um, I have bottles with no markings and it's used for food consumption. So is there any obligation on the industry at this point? Well, currently there is no regulation. It's on a voluntary basis. And that is something that we, with the Plastic Recycle Organization, is looking at, is the marking of products. So when it comes to the packaging industry in terms of design for recycling, is to start looking at the marking of these products. And when we do label it with a label on the product, 
is to say, is it recyclable, non-recyclable, can it be reused, reused? So what, what is important now is, yes, we are looking at it. Currently, there is no regulation. It's on a voluntary basis, and uh, so we if, will address it in the future. If that is the case, does that mean that you yourselves don't know exactly what chemicals are you know, put into any particular plastic product if it's unlabeled? No, we know exactly. Every product that is produced from plastics, we know exactly what product is, is made of, what resin. And, uh, so but I how do you know concern. if it's not labeled it's a, and I you're not the in the factory? I think the concern is the labeling. I think the concern is the labeling. To give the consumer that wants to understand more about the, the product, is, I think it's important to, to look at that. Okay, let me bring in Gert de Beer calling us from Krugersdorf. Uh, Gert, you're a chemical engineer. And uh, yeah, I think we can use your expertise here this morning because I'm just looking at a question now on our Twitter feed. This one from Tim, uh, from Tom Robbins. Tom asks, is plastic made from plant matter recyclable when combined with other plastics? Uh, bottles of Bon Aqua, for example, which is uh, the water bottles with Woolies milk bottles. Sorry for throwing you in on the deep end. Good morning. <laughs> morning, Gert. Morning, Sakina. Yes, Gert. Yes, uh, what I'd like to uh, maybe highlight to your listeners is the big difference in plastics is you get two types. You get thermosets and thermal, thermal plastics. Now, your thermosets looks like plastic, but it cannot be recycled. Then you've got your typical thermoplastics, which are the one to sevens that you've mentioned. And the biggest problem with them is not so much the actual polymer construction of the material, but the additives and the colorants and the, and the UV stabilizers that are added into the products, which makes it a problem. And especially uh, if it, with the current products, they are actually too good. That's why they are so recyclable. If they had a, a product in them that could oxidize once it's exposed to UV light, then you will have a, a product coming off like CO2 and water as, as a byproduct, which is environmentally friendly. So you're saying that uh, there isn't really much to be concerned about then? The, the manufacturers of the virgin material are actually manufacturing the product too good that's why it's so recyclable if it's a thermoplastic. So they should actually add additives which once the products end up on landfalls or in the sea, it can open up the molecular structure of the product and start oxidization. And in the process, the end product will be CO2 and water and there's no product to recycle and it will go back into the natural form into the atmosphere and into the sea or into the air. Ah, and, and, and is that happening by and large at the moment, Ger? With the current no, products? No, but I tell you that is definitely on the agenda of the, of the worldwide manufacturers of these products. And if you go and have a look at the, at the evolution of regulation against these products and the number of laws that has been passed in the last 20 years, it has grown exponentially in terms of a must for recycling. And there's a much, much greater focus on the additives and the colorants and the stabilizers, stabilizers that are being added to these products in the manufacturing process. And, and, and I guess this is why we're having this conversation. The other thing that I would like to uh, also emphasize is biodegradable versus biofriendly. There's a big misconception that if a product says it's biofriendly bio or bio-based, if the product was manufactured from a bio-based raw material, the end product is still the same molecular structure and there's nothing bio-friendly or environmentally friendly to it. Well, Gert, I believe... So if, if the polymer was manufactured from, from a biomass, at the end of the day, the polyethylene or the PET is still PET. There's nothing different to the molecular structure of the product, even though the raw material from which it was manufactured is maybe a, a, an environmentally friendly, a renewable source. Okay. Gert, 
You can stay there. I believe there's a bit of a delay on the line, which uh, just makes it a bit difficult, but we heard you there. I want to go back. I think we didn't answer a few of these questions. Um, uh, There was a question from Lungile about the coffee mugs uh, that are made of plastic. How safe are they? Uh, Colin wanted to know about plastic bags uh, that you that you buy that you get um, even uh, the ones that uh, they put your uh, goods in at the supermarket which of those products are actually uh, okay to freeze dough well i think both no all of them are good all of them are good uh, good to use and are friendly and safe to use there is absolutely a misconception that these products have any detrimental uh, effect on them and they cannot biodegrade or decompose by themselves under these they have a very wide range of operating temperatures and properties where they are absolutely stable so 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 it would you saying it would take extreme conditions um uh, to alter the composition absolutely. of these products absolutely the molecular structure and the molecular composition of these products and the way the colorants or the additives are locked into the molecular structure is very difficult to open up that structure to have any form of release. The only thing that you could have if it is a product where there is a drawing fluid or something involved in the actual manufacturing process and if it wasn't washed or cleaned properly. But how do we know? Because these products are not labeled to begin with. No, no. If you have a look at some of these bottles, there's a clear imprint in the plastic structure of the bottle at the bottom. That is which fair. Which indicates that one to seven number. But and that is even, not the universal the norm. That is not the norm because there are lots of products, and, and, and our listeners are informing us about these, that are not marked at all. Well, those, those that are not marked are guys who are in violation of the international laws that has been set for the way these products have to be treated. Because if, if they are marked property, properly, then first of all, you will know whether the product is a thermoset or a thermoplastic to begin with. And that will tell you the way to deal with the product when it actually reaches a waste or a landfill. Whether it needs to go for incineration or whether it can be recycled. All right, let me run through a few of the SMSs here. This one from TK says, please help. My wife insists on microwaving large plastic bowls uh, that are not microwave certified to cook food, especially pup. Isn't that a health hazard? Though? No. The only thing that's going to happen, you're going to heat, you're going to heat up the molecules. The molecules are going to become soft because of the excessive temperature that you expose them to and they will just collapse. But it's not going to release any toxic substances. It's simply the heat of the, the heat that you apply to the molecules in the structure of the polymer, which is going to collapse. Okay, Joe, what's your response? Um, well, Fakina, coming back to Colin around the carrier bags, you must also bear in mind, if you take your, your polyethylenes, which is number two and number four, low density and high density, most of your bags for freezing vegetables are in those two materials. So, my opinion, it's safe to freeze. When I come to the coffee mug, put it into the microwave, my personal opinion and my opinion is it's safe because uh, your, when you put your coffee into a microwave, you only heat it up to about 60-70% of the heat, uh, whereas uh, high-density polyethylene or plastic will only start melting over 120-140 degrees. So, it's um, yeah, I, I think your coffee mark, putting your coffee in the microwave is fine. Um, then the question, I forgot the other question because I think had the had most of that. It's it's about uh, plastic bowls being uh, uh, put into the microwave, even though they are not microwave certified. Uh, okay, my recommendation is if if a product says doesn't say microwavable, then rather go to the shop and buy one that says microwavable. So maybe. My friend must take his wife to, <laughs> to a shop and then find the right bowls. Rather use the bowls if you're uncertain. Buy the right bowl for what it's intended for. Because we, you must remember, we make plastics for a certain application and for a certain usage. And then try to stick to those usage where possible. If it says microwave, 
then microwave it. Yeah, see, 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 that's what I was coming to because otherwise, why do you, uh, why would you bother to come up with these identification codes if they mean absolutely nothing? Yeah. But let me read a few more. Um, this one says, we must find a way to prevent plastics getting into the sea and causing these lethal uh, gyres. And then uh, Simon Patlana and Rustenberg, good morning. Why instead of using codes or numbers, don't these companies just write the warnings in wordings so that people can understand? Well, you must remember, first of all, the the resin coat was initially designed on the product to help the recycling process for people to, when they look at two different bottles, if one says number one and the other one says number two, that means it's two different resins or two different polymers. And that makes the recycling process, especially for the collectors out there, to identify the plastics. It was not intended those years to say it's recyclable or it can be recycled. But the fact is all plastic can be recycled. It's the collection and sorting of it that's important. So first step is the codes assist with the recycling process. And, but when it comes to plastic in the ocean, it's really about how does it end up in the ocean? It's people. People, people ensure that it ends up in the ocean. It's not the product. Um, product doesn't walk into the ocean. It's people that litter, no waste management, doesn't care, etc., etc. And that's a problem, and that, and that is where I think the education and awareness of our consumers around that is also important. And there's a plastic industry in the packaging industry. We are working very closely with the Department of Environmental Affairs, Waste Management, to start addressing those issues through a campaign that will hopefully very soon be on the air or on the land called Keeps the Africa Beautiful, to look at litter, to look at waste management, to look at education, awareness, etc. You know, years ago with Zibi. So we have to bring back that education process. Now, what we will do as a plastic industry, we will also, we will also encourage, we will also encourage uh, the consumer to make use of recycling. If there's a recycling facility in your area, then make use of it. There's a great website, which I want the listeners to look at. It's called mywaste.co.za, where you can find your closest recycling depot or recycling plant. And I really encourage people to really look at the opportunity to recycle in this country of all materials, paper, glass, cans, all of them. Doe, I tell you what, looking at uh, the response uh, that we had this morning, there's definitely a follow-up conversation to be had here, and we'll make the time for that because there are those who are in disagreement. There are those who believe that there is no such thing as a safe plastic uh, container or packaging. So we'll, we, we will bring that on board and we'll uh, continue this discussion, also uh, looking at the environmental effects a little more closely. But thank you so much for your time this morning. No, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, so my last <laughs> little notice is people use the products, what it's intended for, uh, recycle your plastics and help us clean up this environment. Plastics do not belong in the environment. And we all need to take hands and make, ensure that it doesn't end up in the environment. Thank you so much. That was Doe Stain, Director at uh, Sustainability for, uh, at uh, Plastics SA. And thank you so much for your great participation this morning. And uh, we'll definitely do a follow-up on this one. I know some of you are saying you're finding it very difficult to find the number. And that is part of the problem, that these products are simply not numbered because of a lack of regulation. But we'll follow up on this particular discussion. It's uh, going to the news slightly late. Uh, apologies there, Nomsa Luli, with the 9 o'clock news.